Well, welcome to another podcast right here at Crossroads Community Church with uh, Steve and Eddie. And we are glad that you've joined us today. We're thankful that, that uh, we are together in this place uh, here on September the 16th. And uh, we are uh, glad that, uh, that each of you are in a place where you can gather some information about what we've heard from Eddie from this last week and make it relevant for our time, our present day, and, uh, and then listen to what we've got for the future uh, plans um, this coming Sunday. But also to kind of a little bit of a quip at the beginning, just kind of say, you know, hi Eddie, how you doing? All that good stuff, kind of intro. Um, it's good to see you, brother. Well, I'm here. That's about what you can say. Sometimes. <laughs> Some days are better than others, you know. Uh, too true. Our fall, the start of fall, has not been bad. It's uh, It's been pretty pretty calm in the sense of weather we've had some nice fall oh boy yeah pre pre fall days this weather's pretty nice so we've uh uh, you and i sat around the fire pit the other night um have you had a chance to do uh any more of those uh sitting down by the fire any more than just what you've kind of done with me or is it uh, no that's about it that's about it up to this point yeah i'm not allowed to play with matches at home yeah i know oh no well they she put those behind uh, <laughs> locked doors, you know, for you. <laughs> well, uh, and tomorrow uh, is uh, the day that God, uh, was it, 49? 49. 49 years ago, uh, put that little girl in my arms, and now she's Steve's little girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tomorrow's Stacy's birthday. Yeah, so, uh, Stacy Marie. Boy, I tell you, it, uh, boy, don't, that don't seem possible. My yeah, goodness. I'm sure that doesn't. I'm sure it doesn't. Well, and, and the fact of knowing that um, Stacy and I will be married um, 20, well, we are married currently 29. It's 29 years. You it is, wanna, it is. You don't want to forget that. No. That's for sure. I had to do a little calculating there. But yeah, I mean, in the same way, you know, and I, I look back and think what, um, how old, Elijah and Josiah and now Jude is. I was talking about that the other day and had mentioned the fact that uh, Judah is 11 to someone. And it it was a man, he uh, he double-take, it was like he heard what I said and then he looked back at me and he goes, wait, no, 11? You don't seem possible and, uh, sometimes. He said, I, he said, that just cannot be right. That can't be right. I said, <laughs> it's right, but it's hard to believe. But, uh, yeah. Well, well, and that's uh, been on this earth 70 years. and um, I, I look back at this, the title of this message from last week, How to Grow Through Misunderstandings. I tell you, in those 70 years, I've created and I've seen a lot of misunderstandings. Mm. I think, don't we all? I, you know, it, either... Either we do mature through it, or we just really well, uh, laid a waste a lot of. And the the problem is, a lot of times our actions, our words are misconstrued, and we don't we don't mean it like they take it. And man, oh man, and and mm. it's hard to reverse that. You know, it's like uh, communication expert um, 
uh, Norman Wright says there's six messages that can carry through when you say something to somebody. What you mean to say, what you actually say, what the other person hears, what the other person thinks he hears, what the other person says about what you said, and what you think the other person said about what you said. So in, in that whole communication. Uh, and then this, this is kind of confusing, but somebody has said that uh, unraveling misunderstanding goes like this. I know you believe you understand what you think I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. <laughs> so that's that's miscommunication right there. Is trying to figure that out. You yeah. Know? Well, after this after this podcast, you guys need to maybe go to YouTube and and check out the clip that Eddie used for Sunday. It was Abbott and Costello, who's on first, and a lot of us um, that are a little older would recognize that clip in our thoughts, but. I went back and listened to that whole clip, and man, them guys were smart. They rattled that off. That just super. Yeah, it's conversation was was amazing on on that and how they de- developed that whole. And they skit. didn't get confused. They had mm-hmm. done it so much, evidently, and rehearsed it that. <laughs> yeah, they had to be, and and with actions and and their little quips and a little bit of um, uh, you know the funny bits that uh, Costello he. Costello was the bigger guy, right? Yeah, yeah, shorter. And Lou, Lou Costello, but and Abbott. That's it. And uh, the one that I was watching, he he'd use that bat, you know, and he'd swing that around, and he'd say, he'd ask him a question, and and every once in a while, I'd pop him on the back of his head, you know, yeah. and, and he'd jerk, oh my goodness, you know, and he'd go into it. But they didn't miss a beat, and but that miscommunication through that whole skit was phenomenal. How they how they were able to go right into it. Somebody, Stacy, had said that one of the uh, teachers had mentioned that uh, that right when you went into this whole title, he was thinking, he, "I wonder if he's going to use that." And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we think alike, evidently. Yeah, it's neat. But it's the problem neat. is, with it, 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 from the scriptural standpoint, it was uh, was the problem that Saul and David had. Which miscommunication led into other emotions, actually, uh, uh, not good emotions. But, you know, most kids that's been in church for a while, they know that David killed Goliath. But they didn't realize that after that created this huge chasm or wedge between David and Saul because of this. When they came back from the conquering the Philistines, they were met. Uh, they come into Jerusalem by this whole entourage of ecstatic women from all the cities of Israel had come together to praise them. The scripture said in 1 Samuel 18, 6 and 7, And it happened as they were coming when David returned from killing the Philistine that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. And the women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And boy, that went right to his heart. And uh, then the next verse says, Then Saul became very angry, for this saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me have ascribed thousands. Now what more can we have but the kingdom? Can he have but the kingdom? He thought in all of that, he misconstrued that, that David was going to rise up and take his kingdom. Which, unbeknownst to him, 
Samuel had already anointed David king to be king someday, but not... Mm -hmm. he, David was his most loyal subject, was the sad part. And then, uh, and then verse 9 in chapter 18 says, Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. It, it, it's just unbelievable to me the close relationships, sometimes with friends and sometimes even with family, that one act of misunderstanding can destroy that relationship forever. Right. It never goes. Right, and it's and it then it's deep-seated, and and then the then the pride comes up in that person, builds a wall. There's, it's it's rare that somebody would come and talk about it because it's it's such a deep-seated thing. Then there's embarrassment to be thinking that way. And then the pride of allowing it to be be shown is saying like, you know, I don't want that to be known that I'm that I'm weak in thought, like I don't have enough confidence in the whole bigger picture, especially if we're in God, right? You know, you think about that, and we think, well, we're trusting God in all of our ways. Then when we have this personal attack, and there's a testing moment, and 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 instead of communicating it out and talking it out and working through it we hold it tight we build up the wall and then we just add bricks to it yeah you yeah, know especially the more and more we hold on to it yeah and Saul jealousy raised its ugly head you know but then the the misery of misunderstanding comes back in vulnerability because you can't do anything about it so David experienced the painful reality that he it's completely helpless to change the opinion of the one he has unwittingly offended. Mm -hmm. You feel you feel that vulnerable. Then exaggeration. Saul took that and blew it completely out of proportion. Mm -hmm. And then the apprehension that. But Washington Irving said, "A sharp tongue is the only edge tool that grows keener with constant use." And that's David concerned that Saul was going to turn the whole nation against him. Right was the problem and. I probably shouldn't have, but I brought in the whole area arena politics. That's what politicians do. Yep, that's right. They slander each other and trying to turn the voters against them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the last one, suspicion. You know, Saul convinced his followers that David was not to be trusted and eventually forced David out to live uh, like a hunted man because he wanted to kill him. But here's the thing that we're faced with, that we can grow through misunderstanding. And the only way can do, we can do that is to fall back into the arms of Christ and let God handle this. We're not good at that sometimes because we want to fix it. First, David opened the door for growth by declaring his allegiance to the Lord. He said in verse 6 in Psalm 140, I said to the Lord, Thou art my God. Give ear, O Lord, to the voice of my supplications. And then next he, he entreated the Lord for his protection. And he said, you know, I'll let God fight these battles. I'll let God deal with his, Saul's heart. I can't do it, but God can. And David said in verse 7, O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation. Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. So that's what he's saying. He's saying, God, uh, I can't control wicked thoughts in other people and whatever, but I can control my thoughts and I can put all my trust in you knowing that I'm in your hand and you, you know, that you are going to protect me. Mm -hmm. And however this turns out, I'll be okay with you. <laughs> that's right. It's, 
I think that, that when we wait to confront the issue, uh, especially in this area of misunderstanding, we, we, only, we only fuel, uh, we add to the fuel that, that happens over a certain amount of time. And I think that one of the biggest things that we can do in the growth is to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit as you have mentioned, the, the very fact that we must be obedient to uh, the wooings and, and, and then being willing to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Be, even if, and, and this has happened to me a couple of times, even if it was so misconstrued and it would be unfair for me, it seems like it would be unfair to me, well, to myself, to go and ask for forgiveness from another individual, but sometimes that has to happen. Well, for them I, to open up their spirit. I think in the context of our ministry, that's happened to both of us with mm-hmm. with, with a person. Mm-hmm. That we had, it was misconstrued, and we had to go fix it. Absolutely. But it, it, it cured it. Yeah, it did. It did. And and that those relationships from this day... Are still strong. Are still strong, and if not stronger. Yeah. So there's, there's, your, there's the fact of the growth. The growth happened due to the fact of saying, I'm going to humble myself in this process and say, Lord, only by you am I going to be moving forward through this. Help me in my pride, even though I feel that I was, I am completely in the right here, nothing was done to have been ill-forced onto another person. But because of a misunderstanding, because of the way that they heard it, because of whatever was going on or, or perceived it, I needed to be the one to step forward, or you needed to be the one, or we that are dealing with that. So it, it does take prayer, and then it does take action. And um, the prayer comes, or the wisdom comes from that prayer to know what to do with those actions to step forward. And that was the problem with David in this instance. Saul wasn't, wasn't, didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. And sometimes it does, but sometimes this this whole fact, like I said, uh, it doesn't matter with Saul, and and it might that very thing might happen have happened to you, uh, and, and listeners that are listening that that you've gone out and you've done that very thing, and the response was cold. It was it was not received well, Mm-mm. and but the thing that you've done is you can go away with a clear conscience that you have brought this you've prayed about it you've brought it with action and done it according to the holy spirit's direction and when you do that you're able to release it then unto god and that's the biggest thing you talked about that on sunday releasing it to allow it to be given to god once these steps once these actions have been done and that wall is brought down the majority of misunderstanding we do it with our tongues Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You know, I, I have to, we always have to say not all of our words are encouragement <laughs> to people. Um, and then I, I ask people to, you know, really dig or delve within their hearts and, and think about the relationships they have with their family, with their friends, uh, people in authority. Your enemies, people of different 
viewpoints than, than me and in other relationships of how possibly they might have said something to us and we misconstrued it mm -hmm. and blown it out of proportion, you know. So, you know, that's a, that's a big deal because we do that sometimes. Right. Problems with us. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for, it, it, it feels... I guess we, we've talked, the, the one before this was how to grow through failure, right? Yeah. And so we feel like the misunderstanding sometimes is a failure. And we don't want to be feeling like we've caused a failure in a relationship. But that's where when we come to grips with transparency with the Father, first and foremost, and allowing that relationship to to grow and to, to, in His holiness, for that transparency to becoming one that affects others, then people are able to see the reflection of God in mm -hmm. us, or, or Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. So exactly right. it's a huge, huge uh, topic because there are multiple, multiple daily misunderstandings in life, and we just. The, it's a part of the fruits of the Spirit will help us in growing with having less of these misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. When when we are, uh, again, it comes back to the relationship, then it becomes a relationship with the Holy Spirit, comes a re relationship with God, relationship with the Holy Spirit, relationship then that as people see those fruits of the Spirit being uh, provided, uh, part of our lives, then they understand there's grace that's given right so there's yeah. there's if they have a misunderstanding they're willing to check themselves first because of the consistency and the character of that other individual if it's been seen now if the other is op uh, if the opposite is true and you see these misunderstandings or these things as a consistency rather than character and integrity and godliness and holiness and the fruits of the spirits being the consistent thing misunderstanding it's like whoop something else has happened you know there's to use a different name i don't mean to be picking on a, on a name joe but just use the name joe if joe has been this way or i should use my own name but steve if steve has been this way and a consistent misunderstanding or a consistent yeah then then that's well, where we're going to go my right? mind works crazily sometimes and a lot of people understand that i think but I was thinking about with the Italians and the Mafia and in The Godfather, when he'd explain something and he'd ask, Capiche, mm. you understand that? Re repeat it back to me, what I just said. Because they didn't <laughs> want to be misconstrued. Because mm -hmm. there was people, they were already... Lives are in the balance. Exactly right. They were they were <laughs> right. calling hits on people. Mm. You know, and Stacy and I talk about that a lot. One of the famous lines out of that says, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fish. Mm. That was, they took care of him. Mm -hmm. Man, that's brutal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, man, oh man, you think back of, of relationships that have been ruined. You wish you could go back. But, it, and the reason you can't go back is both parties don't understand forgiveness. That's they don't it. understand forgiveness. That's it. They say they do. Right. I even think in the context of the kingdom, the body of Christ, how many people actually. Grass forgiveness. Right, and that, that's the most important um, body that needs to grasp it and to reflect it. 
because we should be purveyors of it. Right. If anybody in the world, we offer grace and we offer forgiveness, you know. Um, well, that's we talked about that. We was talking about the the whole enormity of God forgiving our sins. We talked about that men's group this morning. In um, Micah chapter 7, it says God has taken our sins and placed them in the deepest part of the ocean. And then Greg Laurie said, added that and said, then he puts up a no fishing sign. Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to understand that because we humans can't do that. In our, we don't forget. We might forgive, but then on in a heated argument or in the moment, it, we bring it back out again. Mm -hmm. And if we keep doing that, we're really not forgiving that person. You know? See, and, so, it, and it takes work. It takes work to um, reorganize the thoughts, reorganize the brain to detox of those things that have muddled up so many years. Yeah. But it's possible. We just don't want to do it. In fact, <laughs> when I've talked to some um, and had conversations with some that were really struggling with this, I said it's like you're taking uh, a barbed wire blanket, to, for better analogy, cuddling up with that sucker and saying, well, that's just what I've gotten used to. Yeah. When the freedom of that is absolutely uh, accessible, uh -huh. but it takes some work yeah, to detox, to, to remove. And that forgetting that comes from bouncing it immediately. You've, I use that word bouncing, but I'll, but putting it right back, bouncing it right back to the throne, putting it, sometimes it takes an actual um, physical motion. And, and I'll tell you this, it's not, I'm telling you this from my own experiences. This is, I, I'm, I'm relaying to this um, in a way that, that says that even sometimes when you're driving down the road and out of the blue, something of a thought will come up to try to grab you and to, to grab at your throat or your gut. To deter that, you might be looking at one thing and driving down the road and kind of staring. You might need to just, just take your gaze off of one place over to another side of the road just to help you and your mind to bounce it and go right into saying, Father, you have that. That's not mine. Lord, I give you that. And in fact, I'm going to now transfer my thought over to what's on the radio. Or uh, if that if that song reminded you of something, then turn the station. Yeah. Um, uh, these are just examples. But what I'm trying to say is, as you can help yourself with the work of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be able to overcome these things. Mm -hmm. But it does take some work. It does take some work. And it takes years at times. Well, it takes you humility. It does take humility. And if, and if you have to say you have humility, you don't have it. No, that's it. That's it. It comes out. That's right. Lived out. That's reflected. So uh, next week or, you know, this coming Sunday, the title of the message is who's, who's in charge around here. I think it's time to have a message on the sovereignty of God just to remind us Absolutely. On that. Absolutely. Well, height, it's perfect timing. Yeah. At the height of his military career, Napoleon Bonaparte was asked if God was on the side of France. The world conqueror cynically replied, God is on the side with the heaviest artillery. Then came Sunday, June 18, 1815, in Belgium at a place called Waterloo. 
and that was the end of it. Mm. <laughs> Years later, in exile on the island of St. Helena, the broken military genius humbly acknowledged, man proposes, God disposes. You know, and that's, and that's the thing. We, we, we need to know and understand 100% of the time that, that God is on our side and why. And here's, you know, Dylan's song, God on Our Side, is, is just amazing because he talks about different wars and whoever's fighting that war, unless they're communists, thinks God's on their side. It, 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 it's, always, it's always been interesting to me when, I don't know if they do it so much anymore, when people pray before ball games. You don't ever pray to win. You pray that you are a good witness on the field and that mm -hmm. people keep safe. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, God don't, uh, this is my opinion. Right. God don't care who wins unless right. it's the Cubs. Right. So, <laughs> unless it's the that's, Cubs. That's, that's, that's it. But, but people, some people believe that. Some yeah. people believe they oh, can. Oh, I know. Uh, it's just, it's just kind of, you know, do you believe today that God is on your side? The sovereignty of God means that God is the supreme author and ruler of the universe. God is free and has the right to do whatever he wants. He is not bound or limited by the dictates of his created beings. Further, he is in complete control over everything that happens here on earth. God's will is the final clause of all things. And then we get into the question that people will ask, well, why is the world such a mess? Mm. It's because God's biggest risk is he gave man and angels the power of choice. Yeah. We don't always choose right. That's where evil in the world. Of course, you got the devil fueling people, but people have to pull the trigger and make a choice to do that evil. Mm -hmm. God doesn't stop that. that that's, that's a, it's almost an oxymoron in a sense, knowing God who he is and what he does, but yet his created beings have the choice to make decisions. Mm -hmm. he, didn't, it's, it's, he, it, he didn't make us robots. <clears throat> right. That's why I believe, and you know, there are other theologies and that don't agree with this, but I'll always believe that I'm a free moral agent, that I have a choice. I could walk away from God tomorrow. It'd be the stupidest thing I, I'd regret, but mm -hmm. I, could, I have that choice. Mm -hmm. I don't have to follow Christ. He didn't make me. It's right. the point, you know. Uh, but here's, here's what we have to understand. We mere humans need to understand God's on God's side. You and I must choose to be on God's side. It's not the other way around. Right. We can't choose to be on our side. We gotta choose to be on God's side. And with on God's side are our, our, our guidelines to follow to make our lives better. Now we don't have to follow them and our lives won't be better, but nonetheless, you know, that's what he, he gives us. And then, yeah, I'm not going to go into this verbatim, but I, I bring up two characters that we talk about a lot, Nebuchadnezzar's delusions, as he stood on that grand wall in Babylon and looked around and said, look what I've done. Mm -hmm. Well, God took care of that. He turned him into an animal. He went out and lived like an animal. And then when he came back, he finally came to his senses. And, and Nebuchadnezzar said, my reason returned to me. And then he, he said, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven. And my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the King of heaven. For all his works are true and his ways just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. Mm 
You know, it's really interesting uh, you bring up Nebuchadnezzar here and the way that that happened with him and the way that it happened with Saul. It was a, it was a pure decline for Saul. Mm-hmm. He went crazy, right? Pretty much, and him and Jonathan got killed, both killed in battle. Yeah, it, Saul, Saul couldn't handle and was going... He, he had tricked himself with this misunderstanding that we just talked about, so much so that it became so disillusioned of, of, of God's reign and rule that he had to have control, his hands on everything. Well, then it drove him to the dark side because he went and consulted the witch of Endor. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. He See, delved into Satanism. Yeah, and so now... He didn't go to God. It was this decline, and he never <laughs> got it. He, he It just falling away. Yeah, but Nebuchadnezzar here, you know, you mentioned, here, it, God sends him away. <laughs> you know, kind of a purpose to, hey, man, if you're going to do that, then yeah. over here. But, it, you know, Nebuchadnezzar comes back, comes to his senses, you know, gets a chance to do and that. And then in the second examples, Job, I, I use Job a lot, but the book of Job, but his Job's doubts to a degree, and you see all of the loss that, that you would, in your humanness, in a sense, you would have doubts. <laughs> This was some of the answers that God gave him back. Uh, speaking to Job out of a whirlwind, he says, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man. <laughs> Cowboy up is what he was saying. <laughs> and I will ask you, and you, instru- you instruct me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who set its measurements since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? Or what were its bases sunk? Or, or what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornerstone? He was saying, Joel, where was you at when I made the world? If you think you're so stinking important, you know so much. And that's why he, he called him on the carpet on that. Hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the human dilemma. We like to think we are free to rule our lives, and we are in charge of our own destiny, masters of our fate, And but such is not the case. We're free but only to... A limited extent. We're only free to a limited, ex- a limited extent. It says, what does sovereignty mean and not mean? What sovereignty does mean, Paul's doxology in Romans 11, 33-36, provides us with some key information. Let's take a close look. Verse 3, 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments, and how and unfathomable unfathomable his ways you know uh, and what does it mean when this doctrine is taken to an unbiblical extreme people allow themselves to become passive irresponsible and lacking in zeal as well as in personal excellence it's interesting to note that commands Paul issues on the heels of his doxology in Romans 11 he urges the Romans to be spiritually transformed and to demonstrate their spiritual gifts and to develop loving relationships. And then I, I go into some stuff that Tozer said, A.W. Tozer, which was brilliant. Um, well, the sovereignty of God is, is it, it's good that we're bringing this out, to, that you're bringing this out for, to be able to talk about, because I, we do need to be reminded of, of the complete sovereignty of God. 
of the the awe of God, the fear and trembling, working. You know, we well, talked a little bit about this yesterday. Yeah. You know, um, talking about that that very fear and trembling of of our working out our own salvation, and we need to do this, folks. We talk about a misunderstanding a lot of times. We get rolling along with life, and we think that we're all hunky dory, and we forget that. You know, it's not all about us. Yeah, and, that's uh, exactly right. In, in Psalm, in, in Job chapter 42, Job answers these questions that God asked him. And, and this is what it answers for us. First, God's sovereignty relieves us from anxiety. I, I have the power of the Holy Spirit that I don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. I don't have to let the cares of the world and... The chaos in the world keep me up at night because I'm in God's right. hands. Right. That was in verse two, and then second, it frees us from needing an exp- an explanation. Verses three and four. God does not have to explain Himself to us. We want Him to. It's like Swindoll said in all of his years of ministry. God's only told him why once. <laughs> we don't. We can. That's faith. You yeah. believe in God, and it happens like it does. You don't need it. Besides that, God is so far above us, His explanation, we wouldn't get it anyhow. Finally, it keeps us from pride. I don't, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> that does keep us humble, you know. That's, uh, and in ending this message, it, I know sometimes it's, people are wondering, what's that guy talking about? That It's hard to put it all together. But who's in charge around here? Our great God Almighty, the all-powerful I am that I am. The one and only God, the supreme true God, our Heavenly Father, Abba, Most High God, the Lord who heals us, gives us peace, who provides us for, provides for His children. You know, and that's the thing. Uh, you pray, you hope that everybody's on God's side. That, that it's really on God's side. We, you know, uh, uh, we talked about a, a little bit about that in men's group this morning about. We think some people's on God's side, but I think we'll get to heaven one day. We might be looking for somebody, and they're not—they're <laughs> mm. <clears throat> not there. And mm. then we'll see some people say, "Man, how'd you get here?" Mm-hmm. Well, same way you did. I believed in Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I followed through on that. I think within the context of the kingdom, there's a certain percentage that follow the rules, so to speak. They attend church, they give, they might even serve, but they've not made that commitment to have that relationship with Christ, I think that's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. Because to them, maybe following rules or going through a set of classes, a confirmation that they're in. Right. There are certain people believe that, that as a child you take confirmation classes, and at the end of that, you're in. Well, that's not... That's not it. There's some good stuff in that. You know, Luther's small catechism is excellent stuff if you follow it. But just because you go through that, you have to make that heart. That heart right. It's, heart a, it's a passage to God or passage to Jesus that, that offers us to a relationship with God rather than that being the way. You know, Jesus is the way, the truth, yeah. and the life. Yeah. And no man comes that's before it. the Father nope. except through me. And that's, that's it. That's it. Well, Pastor, why don't you pray for us as we wrap this up? And, and uh, yeah, let's go. Thanks, God, for loving us. And uh, I know, Lord, we have all made mistakes through our actions and our voice that we regret. 
and some misunderstandings have happened and uh, some of them has destroyed relationships and we're sad for that but nonetheless it, it, it shouldn't defeat us that we should have victory in you that we can move on through it and the only way you can do that is with your help so I just pray we do as David did Lord we go to you and uh, ask for your help and believe in you and follow you and then allow you to fight the battles for us because you said you would and to really grasp Lord that you are in charge, that you are on your throne. And that I've said here in the last couple, three days, is I think about the political situation in the world. Regardless, in January 21, who's in the White House, church is still going to be the church, and you're still going to be God. You're still going to be on the throne. Yes. And if, it, if we do change administrations, it's going to bring up a whole other set of challenges for the church that we have to face and deal with and minister to people in this world. So we thank you for that. Just thank you for Steve and this time that we've had. Lord, and I just bless uh, all these folks that hear this voice and hear the voice of God today. We ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, thanks for meeting with us here today and uh, sharing some insight. And uh, we're going to keep at this weekly as we've been doing. And uh, we are grateful for your tuning in and uh, receiving some of that information. So uh, may God bless you as you go out of this place. And uh, until next week, week rather, we'll say goodbye. <laughs>